the whole galaxy gone crazy? What kind of a uniform is this? What's going on? Where's my personal guard? Imagine the technology we can find on that ship. Ours for the taking. <laughs> All right, Spock. Whatever your game is, I'll play it. The four of you will remain here in the brig and in custody until I discover how to return you to wherever it is you belong. Hello and welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This week we will be discussing episode 13, What's Past is Prologue. I am Ethan and I'm joined this week, as every week, with Kevin. And let's get into this. So, um, I don't really quite know what to think of this one. It came off a little bit as a season finale to me, even though we're not done with the season yet. I like the fact that we're not done with it. If this were the season finale, I would be feeling really bummed out right now. I would that, be too. That's too big of a cliffhanger to, to leave us with. It would have been the season finale originally. They were going to do 13. Now they upped it to 15. So Well, good. Yeah. Because I would not want to sit with this yeah. wondering what could be happening. I love this episode. I think mm. this was um, one of the best episodes. You know, we, this is really uh, everything coming together that's yep. been happening all season. Yeah. Um, in a way that is surprising, actually, given that there are two episodes and we've lost Lorca. Yeah. The the show to me now is really turning into the traditional Trek series. And what I mean by that is it's get, it's slowly stripping away all of these, you know, characters or moments that don't that are not making it like your traditional Trek show. What I mean by that is like, you know, it's it's get like Lorca is not your traditional Trek captain and you know, you got your Tyler thing and so to me, and you know, the the bridge crew is really sort of coming into their own finally, and I feel like we're now back in familiar territory. And when I say and when I say familiar territory, I don't mean that as a bad thing. Like now, it's beginning to feel much more like a Trek show to me. Right, I agree that it's familiar territory in that now we have a captain that is someone that is noble, we can admire. Sort of, we have a Starfleet captain, right? And embodies the the ideals of Starfleet, right? But because the situation is not um, simple exploration, they're now in, and uh, you know, they're now have lost essentially to the Klingons. Right, it gives them something different to battle against than what we've seen in the other shows. Plus, the right. crew is sort of coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten rid of the evil influence. Right. The only evil influence that we now have are two prisoners, right. one from the mirror universe, who. I, I would expect we may see some sort of a redemption story around. Yeah, I'm wondering about that. The Empress. Yeah, I'm really wondering about that. Giorgio. Um, I don't know what to think of Laurel. They can't really do anything to Giorgio. I mean, she's an empress from an, from an emperor from another universe who did horrible things, but that doesn't really apply to this universe. So I don't think they're going to just like throw her in some cell. Yeah, it's a tough... 
That's a tough ethical dilemma. Yeah, I'm wondering what is going to happen with her. The person um, is clearly capable of horrible think, atrocities. But I think she's going to be key in them figuring out how to actually win this war with the Klingons. As you saw in the trailer, she says, I can tell you, I can help you bring them to their knees. Right. She she's, knows how to do it. She knows war, certainly. It's a good point. Uh, the one thing that really shocked me, small thing, is how Stamets more or less confirms that, yes... Lorca did send, bring them into the mirror universe with, on it from his command chair. Oh, absolutely. On his console. I mean, we were talking about that last week, and I remember I tweeted that because I kind of just noticed it. And it was weird to actually see. Yeah, that's actually what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was made pretty explicit. Yeah. Because of his reaction when they went there and to kind of cut off any investigation. Well, you just have to kind of really pay attention to him doing it, too. Um, yes. But I, with Lorca out of the picture now, I've got to say I'm glad that he is not that i didn't like him but i really like saru saru has really come into his own over the last really the whole season i didn't when we first see him when we first see him on the shenzo he's the kind of curious data spock like character right then we see him on discovery and you're not really sure if you, how you like him because you're seeing it more from michael's perspective you're like wow this guy's right kind and of he's still quite uh, angry yeah. with her right and so but now you're seeing him really come into his own he's the captain now god i hope he remains the captain but his character is sort of in a way almost come full circle because he did mention earlier in the season that you know he would he had hoped that michael would eventually leave the shenzo for her own command and he could become first officer and maybe eventually become captain. And now he's in that position to be commanding Discovery. And I really, really hope he stays our captain because I like him. He's a great character. And it would be the first time on a Trek show that our, that our captain would actually be uh, an alien. They've all been human. That's before. true. Yeah. So this would be another kind of like, you know, first in a way. Right. It would be an alien. Probably still would remain the, the Michael Burnham show. But, oh, yeah, definitely. But that, yeah, that's, that's fine. But for me, it also calls them to question, well, now what's going to happen with Burnham? Well, right. So I think that's where Saru could come into play. Yeah. Because Saru being captain, Saru probably being well-respected given what they've gone through. Kind of vouch I think for her. He's going to be able to vouch for her and all that they've been through and how she's risked her life. And perhaps because of that outstanding valor in, you know, extreme situations, they may give her a pass. Well, so, yeah. And Saru was not happy with her when she first came to Discovery as we just mentioned, and he goes goes into why, but as the season has gone on, he's really started to, uh, you know, mend their relationship. Right, and even at a point in this episode, I don't know if you'd said it before, but he, he refers to her as friend. Yeah. And that seemed like an important moment between them. To me, he was really kind of, I feel like he was kind of the star of this episode, even though he wasn't the main focus of it. But everything centered on Saru I just loved so much like when he gave that speech to the crew I thought that was just yeah it was just amazing and you know that speech to me was very reminiscent of something Kirk would say or Picard would say or even you know reminded me of Janeway's speech at the at the end of the pilot episode of Voyager when she's you know saying uh you know we're alone out here you know somewhere along this journey we'll find our way home give it the cap basically the captain giving that inspiring speech and i think that this one is going to go is going to be up there alongside picard's famous you know let's make sure that history never forgets the name uh enterprise yeah yeah this definitely made him sort of the the yeah the torchbearer for yeah the starfleet that so many people had felt was missing from this show for so long well and i think he's also a very capable 
kept him. Like, I know that he mentions in a speech that they he can sense the coming of death. His, his species always senses threats. And I think, you know, that's a good quality to have in your captain, really. It's true. It's interesting, yeah. though. At first, we, I sort of got the impression that he was almost... Um... Or almost uh, like a paranoid character or something, yeah. or very anxious and always on edge because mm-hmm. of that. But it seems like that has calmed down a bit, and now it's just, uh, yeah, a benefit. Well, and we get to see him sort of play captain throughout the season, right? I mean, don't forget that scene earlier in the season when he's sort of comparing himself to all those famous captains in Starfleet history and sort of wanting to embody their qualities and seeing what, what does he lack that they have. Yeah, he really is. He's the perfect they person were really... to take over. He wants to do well. He wants to find out what makes a good captain. Yeah. It is strange, though, that he was able to, um, you know, be the essentially the number two to Lorca for so long. Right. Given. Well, they were weirdly, like, almost telegraphing him, his eventually becoming captain, if you really go back and think about it. I mean, I, I want to go back and watch the season now and sort of see, now that we know what we know, to see how obvious it was that that's the direction that they were heading. Right. I just hope there's not some residual problems from the things that Lorca did and potentially um, I like to think him that be- being yeah, Im- implicated in them, being that he went along with them. I like to think that because they're at war still, you know, they're willing to just, you know, make exceptions and, you know, keep them or give them that sort of field commission. Right. And let everything else go. Well, here's a question, though. So now that they are back, and we're sort of just jumping around, but that's typically what we do. Um now that they're back in the prime universe, so to speak, mm-hmm. do you think that this will now become the story of them defeating the Klingon and then the timeline continues forward from there? Or do you think there will be some fixing of the timeline by so you think that they going might, back? Do you think they may have to go back to where they... I don't know. It's I don't know. I mean, if... Consider. if they, But here's the thing. If they're nine months ahead and they fix it and go back, they're going to have to fix it again. If that ha- I mean, we don't know exactly how, how it happened. I mean, this whole thing seemed to unfold because of their absence. Yes. Right? And it's very reminiscent of yesterday's Enterprise. When the Enterprise C goes through the temporal rift and creates that alternate timeline with the Enterprise D, it turns out they're at war with the Klingons because that one ship is the reason this whole thing has taken place. Right. I guess that's the question. Are we now in an alternate timeline or is this the timeline? Because you would think that if we added into Starfleet's history Hmm. being overrun by the Klingons and then having to fight back from... It would change the history of Starfleet that we know it in the original series and onward. I don't know if they've mentioned it on this series, but... And somebody listening, please correct me um, if I get my facts wrong. But I know that in the Trek universe, you know, around the original series time, there is the Klingon neutral zone. And I'm wondering, I don't think they've mentioned the Klingon neutral zone on this show. I don't think they have. Not in, uh, in Discovery. I don't, I, don't, stars. I, don't, I don't know. No, I think they just say we're in Klingon territory. But I don't think they yeah, I don't think they firmly zone. established this sort of like a neutral zone. So... Uh, if I'm, if that's the case, I'm going to assume that that comes out of whatever the outcome of this war is. The establishment of some kind of, the establishment of that Klingon neutral zone. Right. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is like, did this actually happen? Right. 
when you take into consideration the later shows? Like, is that their past, or is this sort yes. of like a... I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I, we know in the other shows that they did have go into... They were at one time at War with the Klingons, but I don't believe they go into too much detail. So it's sort of open to... Yeah, so it could work. Which, you know, as we've said before, I wouldn't get too hung up about it if I thought it didn't match exactly right. with what... But I that's also expected. why they have said that they said it in this time, because... Even though, you know, there is continuity to adhere by, it offers a lot of wiggle room because there is a lot from this time that we don't that we don't know about that yeah. they can actually establish and sort of mess around with. So even though we knew that there was some kind of conflict with the Klingons, we don't I don't even think we knew it was full out war. I could be wrong, but um we're still able to kind of mess around and, and establish things. For that yeah, time. that's true. I guess yeah. all we knew before was they were in a sort of a cold war for a while. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to me to see how this evolves into the cold war that we see in the original series. It's like, right? You guys sense. were once you guys were once at a full hot war. How are you now? You know, yeah, I mean, you're a history teacher. Yes. Is this similar to history in the sense that we've been, you know? Full-on war with somebody, well, war ends, but yeah, then I mean, in later so, years we're back to sort of like this sort of... You well, know. yeah, so look at the Korean War is uh, yeah. famously never ended, and right. what they have is a demilitarized zone, very similar to a neutral zone that is, you know, patrolled by both sides, it's guarded by both sides. Yeah. Um, there is a very uneasy peace, right. although lately it's been even more uneasy, hmm. but... So this I could mean, be like that. Could be this could be, yeah. Yeah, Even though the Klingons I could, used to be the Russians, but yeah, yeah, but I could see the Starfleet sort of fighting the Klingons back to their zone, right? And then the thing I can't see, I can't see the the Klingons signing any peace treaty and admitting defeat in any way. So that would be a step for them. And right now we haven't. Seen no, I think they would reach some kind of agreement with the establishment of the of the neutral zone. But I think that discovery was definitely an asset and them being gone meant that was the result is them being gone resulted in this. But now we have Emperor Giorgio there who we'll assume is going to be an be also be an asset to help them sort of put the Klingon keep the Klingons now right um, at bay. But it also makes me think so that means the spore drive was that useful you know discovery was the only vessel that had it i mean right. their sister ship had it which the glen had it but we saw that destroyed but does that mean because there was no spore drive is that the reason well it certainly why? seems that way that's yeah. certainly how they were winning yeah before because to battle the cloaking they had the spore drive was there right Ace in the but hole. we were left to believe that with you know in in the mid-season finale that things were calming down yeah, it was very. That was a very strange swing where it was. Hey, we're winning the war. And the next episode, oh, now we're losing the war. Yeah. So what's going on in that nine? What happened within that nine month period is going to be the question. right nine months. Also, which is the uh, amount of time it takes for a can, can I just say baby to become a baby from a sperm and an egg? But who's pregnant? <laughs> well, you know, I mean. <laughs> I mean, As I always tell students in my ELA class, when, when authors, when writers choose things, like, if they choose nine months, and it's also the time that it takes, you know, it's not an accident. I don't know why, but it's not an accident. Okay, so, let me, I want to say this. So, anybody listening, 
if you didn't have this thought, if you say you don't have this thought, I'm going to call you a liar. Whoa. So when Discovery... (laughs) No, well, let me explain. You're lying if you didn't have this thought. At least some of you, not all of you, but at least some of you. Keep listening, even if he's calling you a liar. when, When Discovery returns home, and they're on the bridge, and Stamets says, okay, we're back to where we're supposed to be, but not when we're supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Right? How many of you, I think you're all... I'm not gonna, okay, you're not lying, but I don't think you're lying. But I think, how I many think, of you thought? I think what he's just trying to say is he feels many of you. Some of I you feel may many have of had you the same thought. had the thought before Stamets says when you're like, oh god, please be in the 24th century. Please be like you know during Deep Space Nine or Voyager's time, and that would make all the more sense that this is the you know. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. I thought it for a second. Yeah, like I swear, Picard's gonna handle. So okay, here's the thing. You're, I think you're lying if you wouldn't. If you didn't, <laughs> no one's at, lying. Listen, Kevin. let me finish my damn <laughs> sentence. I think you're lying if you didn't at least have that thought for a moment. It's okay if you didn't for a moment, listeners. Nobody's judging you. I'm not saying everybody did, but <laughs> I'm not saying everybody did. But I know yeah. at least one per. I know at least or one at least of you. It could have, or or the other option could have been like it was ten years later, and it was you know Kirk was gonna hail them. Any number of options. That could have been interesting. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that once they re-returned that the Defiant was going to be right in front of them. That would have been fun. Which, by the way, very sad we never got to see it. Yeah, we did. The Defiant. I was really, really hoping we were going to see it. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I I can understand why, because you could not have had all those action scenes from this episode take place on the Defiant. Yeah. It's too confining of a set. But it, it to me, it just it turns out that they didn't even, you know, we discovered that they didn't even really need the, I mean, Giorgio told them, but they didn't, it turns out they didn't even need the information from the Defiant to figure out how to get home. It's true, they found this different way to get home. Yeah. We, we sort of got, did get established that what, that wasn't the only way to cross, because right. Lorca also used a different method than... than um, the, but, but the thing is, their return, their return also worked out in the same way that... Um, the Defiant got there, and that, yeah, they there was some time travel involved. Yeah, the Defiant was pulled a century back, even though they went nine months ahead. Right, still, and it does like, seem they didn't that return. When they Discovery didn't return first the... went over, there was no time travel happening. Right, and also when Lorca came, there was no time travel. But yeah, like what's in that mycelial network that's causing well, that guess... to happen? Right, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing that I'm disappointed by. We never got to see mirror discovery. Oh, that's true. Wait a minute, I just thought of something. What's that? Could mirror discovery be responsible for all of this? Oh, well, but how? I mean, you would assume mirror discovery, as we talked about, if mirror discovery was in was the, the en- prime universe, the enemy, yeah. they would have just been killing Klingons just because they hate Klingons. Potentially, yes, but... Unless they weren't very good at it. And I'm wondering, like, is that... Because when you see in the trailer, you see them beam aboard the Discovery Bridge at the Admiral and everybody holding phasers directly at them. Is it possible that they had some sort of interaction with the other Discovery and think... I hope so. And I'd think, like, like oh, is that, that, you know... Yeah, that's definitely one of the things we speculated that we yeah. wanted to hear about. But, yeah, I didn't think of that. I'm wondering if the if Mirror Discovery has somehow been responsible. Ruined you know, do they... You know, or do maybe they started attacking Starfleet. Right, or there could be also. did Mirror, here's the other thing, did Mirror Discovery, we don't know yet, but did Mirror Discovery return to where they were supposed to? Or is Mirror Discovery still there? Yeah. Right. 
Because I was really... Did it ever go over there? We don't know. Well, we know it did. Do we? Yeah, they say so in the first episode when they arrive. Sar- Sarub mentions that. Oh, well, but then we, we have to get an answer on that. But what I was, what I was, and I mentioned this two episodes ago. But I was hoping that because we didn't know how long we were going to spend in the Mariners, and I was hoping that at least there'd be like some sort of teaser where we see the Discovery crew. But then it turns out it's the Mirror Discovery crew wreaking havoc in right in the Prime Universe. Well, I'm sure we'll hear about it from I the know, Admiral. I want to know what's going on with Sark. Yeah, but you also have to think like. Think about it the other way too. When, when you know, assuming Mirror Discovery returns to their time at the exact same moment, think of the condi- the state of their universe by then, by that point. All right. I mean, the the Federation is being affected by this Klingon war, and they're all sort of like what they say. They, the Klingons are now occupying twenty percent of their territory, or something like that. This is right. They've taken out literally one third of their ships last. Right. Third of their crews. So, and now when Mirror Discovery goes back, the Terran Empire, the the right, who's is in charge now in of the disarray. Terran Empire now? There's no well, Lorca, Lorca right. is not in charge. Uh, Philip so, is not. So but that yeah. I think they actually have a power structure where. There's going to be another emperor in charge. I mean, yeah, they're probably used to that. You think they're probably used to that kind of shit anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, another another one. Uh, but still, like, they're going to go back and things, at least for a, little, a time, I'm sure, is like are in shambles. Like, the organization that they are associated with is probably just as damaged as the Federation is. The Terran Empire is probably just as damaged from all of this. And think, that's all happened because of Discovery. The USS Discovery... Contributed to all of that in some weird way, right? And, and Lorca, and right, and so by successfully overthrowing I'm, the emperor. So now I'm beginning to wonder: in the prime universe, did Mirror Discovery do something similar to cause all of that to happen? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. It will be very interesting to see. What like, the- like what if what if like Mirror Discovery attacked, as you mentioned, the, like the higher ups on on in Starfleet, and it's causing all of this sort. You know what I mean? Right. Because what I think. It, what if they do, What if they killed the Federation president? Right, and that makes sense because I think there was a great exchange between Lorca and Burnham when Lorca was trying to convince Burnham that your place is really here with me. And right. they were having the debate between the Terran philosophy and the Starfleet philosophy. Mm. And Lorca was making the point, the very fascist point, that um, the people need strong strong leaders to to make the decisions for them to force them to do what's best for them because they can't do it on, on their own and all ideas are not equal there's like this denial of democracy and cooperation um he wanted to make the Terran empire he didn't say great again i forget he said he's glorious, glorious again yeah. and i'm like hmm yeah <laughs> yeah but it clearly was a very um very fascist ideology against yeah, the were democratic def- and egalitarian there were definitely some parallels a little too a little on the nose i think but there were definitely some parallels but that's the yeah. cool thing is that this has always been the mirror universe so it's yeah. it although it may seem timely perhaps mm-hmm. it's still just it's always been baked into the mirror universe yeah um you know and just on the mirror universe itself with the defiant being there we don't know sort of what the lasting impact of that ship being in the universe was. I mean, we saw the wireframe diagram. They obviously, you know, made some advancements to the ship and whatnot. We don't know where the ship is but now. Not to their diagramming. Not to their diagramming. We don't know where the ship is now, whether it's still around or destroyed or whatnot. Or whatnot. But because they had a ship from 100 years in the future. Yeah. Does the Terran Empire seem 
on par with advancement of its prime counterparts? Or does it seem more advanced or less advanced? Like, you know, um, like, is it was it defined just classified to only a few select people? So well, let's everybody... think of some of the technology that we saw there. So we saw that um, that red force field when when um, Giorgio. Well, when Lorca tried to ambush mm-hmm. Rojo and they started shooting and they had that red force field, did right. we see anything like that ever in like the original series? Well, they couldn't do that. But it, but it was. <laughs> right. But even in the even was it implied. In, well, even in the movies, though, we never they never the original series. I don't think ever really used force fields. I but they had like, shields they put on their ships, but those were force fields. They did, but I feel like force fields were kind of first fully seen on Next Generation. What about the prison? Did their brig have a energy field keeping people in? Uh, I believe so. Well, that's sort of a force field. I guess. Yeah, they had um, those rifles on um, yeah. Terran. Oh, they had rifles on there. I don't know. I'm going, to, I'm going to assume the, the Defiant was only whatever happened to it. Not everybody was allowed to see it, or some was not yeah. allowed access. And what to would it. they really probably have gotten from it? But advanced warp technology, I would assume. Right. Yeah, it's like you reverse if you reverse engineer it. How much of an impact is that going to have? Um, like, how much? How, yeah, like how much advancement is one ship going to have across an entire fleet? Yeah, right. Like, if you this is going to be a stupid example, but like if you go back to like the World War Two days and somehow an aircraft carrier from this day goes back and they somebody got a hold of it, like if they reverse engineer, I mean, it could take years to reverse engineer, but like how much of an impact is that going to have across an entire? There's a, whole, there's a movie on that, I believe. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I forget what it's called. I what it's called. Hmm. Where, like, where like a battleship goes back in time. and I think it's like just right before like World, right before, like Pearl Harbor. I forget the isn't name there that. an Independence Day movie like that, too? Well, yeah. They reverse. So they get the this, alien tech. Well, the second one. They, they reverse engineer like... the... When you asked me what I was watching on my laptop before we got so I had on. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. Who knew? So they did it pretty quickly. They did it in, you know, within 20 years. Um but yeah, it's I don't know. I, I, and again, that's why I was really hoping we'd see the Defiant. I want to see. I wanted to see what it looked like. Yeah, I wanted to see the Defiant. To, to me, it made it made the most sense that that be the Emperor's ship. Yes, but I'm telling you, I think it just is <clears throat> clear they just wanted to have these battle scenes and whatnot, these fight scenes, and they wanted to have that um, the opening into the spore. What do they call it? Like the spore core. Yeah, it's like a little star, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that basically means it's just very similar to what happened with the Defiant. I'm, st- I'm still wanting to know what the deal is with Prime Lorca. Because we don't know. It's not confirmed if he's alive or dead. And Jason Isaacs has been extremely mum right. on that point. Right. So I think that he's going to resurface at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting? I just realized the point when I, when I was at um, New York Comic Con. And that he was asked... Um, where, where do you fit in like the legacy of great Starfleet captains? Mm-hmm. And he, he just like kind of smiled and was like, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to get into that discussion. And it's kind of funny that, yeah, he really couldn't because I mean, he's got a very dry, he he's got a very dry kind of like, you know, witty sense of humor. So like, yeah, well, it would be kind of hard for him to say like, well, I'm a really great captain knowing what he knew at that point that we didn't right. know. So that's kind of funny now. Yeah, I'd be on. I'd be curious to know what kind of a person the Prime Universe Lorca is. Probably fine. I mean, he became a Starfleet captain. Most all the other Starfleet captains we've known have been 
pretty reasonably you know noble and yeah people. Were you glad he was that they killed him off? I, I, here's the thing: I wasn't, and I was. I was not okay. because I've enjoyed the character quite a bit. I like the actor; he's very, very good. Um, and it's been really fun to watch his scheming and whatnot. Yeah. I liked it in that I sort of did feel that the the whole storyline of Evil Lorca had sort of played out. It got to its natural conclusion. Um, The only thing I could have seen happening is leave him Emperor of the Mirror Universe with the then thought of, oh, we may encounter him and his Terran Empire again at some point in the future. Uh But other than that, I think it was a a pretty logical uh, ending. I think he went out pretty well. I well, think it was a really good story from beginning to end of the whole Lorca. Uh, him and uh, Stamets, Mirror Stamets got killed too. Yes, Mirror yeah. Stamets, which I was not, which I was not expecting. Right, which that was pretty funny. <clears throat> How poetic it would be. <clears throat> I'm not one for poetry, but the Mirror Stamets to me didn't come off as kind of evil. No, in a way, he seemed much more in line with his Prime Universe um, counterpart. They yeah. didn't seem they didn't seem too far off from each other. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Another <clears throat> interesting thing. So when Lorca was there and he had the sword and he was giving his speech about uh, his place and fate and how um, fate brought him together. And of course he's here because of fate. Mm. Uh, we mentioned that there was uh, the episode uh, titled after Macbeth quote. And um, the character Macbeth also uh, becomes overconfident because of his belief in fate. And right. he believes that it's all destined to happen, so nothing can hurt him. And he cannot fail because it's fated to happen. And these other things were fated. And since they happened, of course, everything else that he thinks is fated is going to happen. Yeah. So it almost seems like that interaction with Michael and finding her led him to believe that everything was preordained and it was just his fate he was going to yeah, succeed we were, we completely. Were, before we started recording, we were looking at the episode and you said you said something like, didn't you say this seems more... Because you were originally thinking like, you know, this is going to be like a political thing. But then you watched it. Weren't you like, didn't you just say like, this seems more like Shakespearean or something like that? Um, I don't is that re- what you said? I don't remember exactly, but I, I definitely knew that given that quote, yeah. given that Macbeth is someone that... Tri- See, sets out to murder a king so that he can become king based on a, like a faded C- prophecy. Is it kind of like a Julius Caesar thing? Or more, are you saying more Macbeth? No, definitely Macbeth. Macbeth. And they I'm have the to quote, too, to do it. And yeah. then all this talk about fate and destiny and things being preordained is very much... Well, is the episode title Bethian. What's Past is Prologue? Is that from something? I imagine so, but I don't know exactly. I mean, it does seem like a... I know it's it an does, expression. It does, it's just a general expression. With past it, is prologue, meaning, you know, you look to the past to it, inform... It does seem like something you would hear, predict. you would hear, like, in Julius Caesar or, like, Macbeth. I mean, I don't, I don't, or Othello, like, I don't know if it has it. Like, I'll have to maybe Google the quote of this, because I have to confess I'm not too familiar with Shakespeare. Yeah, it's pretty much, it's used anytime you have what seems like a repeat of history... Yeah. Um, you say what's past is probably, you know, like someone right now might, might look at, uh, Watergate, mm-hmm. given the current political situation and say, look at Watergate and say, oh, what's past this prologue. Right. Meaning that that is informing, uh, what happens there. And so, but as far as that quote directly, it actually comes from, um, The Tempest, 
which is another okay, Shakespeare. So, so that's Shakespeare. the second Shakespeare quote that we've got. Right. Interesting. So in it, the character Antonio uses it to suggest that all that has happened before that time, the past, has mm-hmm. led the character Sebastian and himself to this opportunity to do what they were about to do, to commit murder. And in this case, Lorca is Sebastian. Yes, yes. So, again, bringing Shakespeare into it. I like that. It's good. Well, the Star Trek II director, Nicholas Meyer, and when he directed the six also was very... He was... I mean, he's... I know he was attached to the show as, like, a consulting producer, but he always did that in the... In his movies. He always did Shakespeare. He did Moby Dick a lot. Like, every oh, right. single... In Star Trek VI, General Chang, the villain movie, like, pretty much everything he says, mm-hmm. every line that comes out of his mouth is a Shakespeare quote. Oh, that's great. Or a variation of... Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a reason that people still read Shakespeare. It's, mm. it's compelling stuff. It's It says something about the human condition. It's very timeless. So another parallel that I saw was that... Um, the other parallel I made to when the episode ended, because I know you're a big fan of Enterprise. Remember what happened to the Enterprise crew right after the Zindi conflict ended? They went back to Earth? Yep. Mm-hmm. Only they were in the wrong time? Yes. That's what I thought of. Cause, and I remember like I had the same feeling. Oh, wait, that was the Nazis, right? The Nazi thing, right? Okay, right. I had the same kind of reaction. It was like, you know, because there was a whole season of that, and they finally get home, and I'm like, oh, finally. Yes. And then it turns out they're in the middle of another situation. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. That's... And Trip as much says it in the episode. He's like... He was like, I was just all ready to get home. I didn't want to be caught up in another situation. Yeah. And even though this was only three episodes, I had the exact same feeling. I'm like, oh, finally they're back. And then it's like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. Because now there are two episodes left, and I'm thinking, what the what the hell are they going to do in these two remaining episodes? Right. I'm going to assume I, it is going to end on a cliffhanger now. I feel at least a cliffhanger, or at least it's just going to get us into how they're going to handle this and not resolve anything, I wouldn't think. Unless, the only way I feel it could be resolved in two episodes is if there is another time travel situation. So you because think, I don't think they can defeat and beat back the Klingons in two episodes. So you think Stam that you think Stamets may suggest we can techno babble our way out of this and just go back in time and fix it? I think it's a possibility, yeah. but I'm not sure. Given that, given this show, though, I, I don't know. Maybe that won't happen because if we think about it now, as we said, we had the first two episodes, which sort of were one thing fighting the Klingons in the Battle of the Binary Stars. Right. Then we had. <laughs> For a while, it was Burnham, like, adjusting to the new ship. Right. Then we had the whole Klingon is he or isn't he situation. Then we had the mirror universe. So, you know, the show has taken on these, like, sort of little story arcs of a few episodes. Varying, though. I mean, never at the same length. I'm... The emphasis has been on the Klingon war mostly. And I know that the plan for them was to always go into the mirror universe in in the first season. But given the grand scheme of it all, that, okay, they're, they're back from the mirror universe and now the focus is back on this Klingon war, I'm now asking myself, okay, well, why did you go there in the first place? The mirror universe? Yeah. Like, you well, know what I, I mean? Well, uh, Just to break things up a little bit? Like, I, Because I, well, I assumed they were going to be there. Because the way it was made out to me, at least I thought, was that the Klingon war was had ended or was ending, they wind up over in the mirror universe, and now this is sort of and that was sort of like chapter two of the season as they promoted it as. 
And I thought, okay, they're just going to remain here for the rest of the season. And then they'll get home at the end of the season, and that'll be that. So there'll be like there'll be like three distinct. Well, as you said, that if it was originally planned as thirteen episodes, then that was sort of what happened. Right. What would have happened if they stopped? Yeah, at the same maybe. Point. Maybe. But. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about earlier, once we heard that um, Frakes let slip the mm. mirror universe, and we did sort of predict and, and expect and really wanted to see that they would treat the mirror universe as part of the story and not yeah. just a fluke, fun, one-off thing. Um, so I think that was very, very well I loved. mean, obviously, yeah, you have Lorca who's from the mirror universe. You've got to, Yeah, it was a big part of the story. You've got to deal with that. And it was a big, yeah, I understand. Uh, I, I think it's just because... Given that the emphasis, given the emphasis, given the emphasis on the Klingon War, yes. I, at first, I was like, "Okay, focus on that. Why are you doing the Mirror Universe?" Thing well, I, I think the, I like that it's it gives us this. We don't like well, all these things are coming at our characters that right. They have to deal with this Klingon War. Oh shit! Now they're in the Mirror Universe. They have to deal with that. Oh shit! Now they're back and they lost the war. You know, it's like they can't catch. A break. I'm curious to see what the impact of this is going to be as the show continues right like again i hate to i'm not doing this to be a continuity stick because i you know for the most part continuity doesn't bug me it's just if you mess with the big things and i begin yeah well as we've talked about continuity to us i think it's fun to think about yeah it's not anything to get upset and it goes about. back to like that no and but it goes back to that sort of like question of okay in mirror mirror which is about a decade after that does Kirk know about Discovery going over there? Does he know that Giorgio is from there? Like, how much, you know, or is this yeah. all sort of, like, kept that is interesting. silent? Right? Given, I mean, Kirk, I mean, look, you can you can play around with it and say, I mean, I guess well, just because he doesn't mention it doesn't mean that he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it never came up. But you have to wonder how much, given the way that this... The, but they acted like they didn't know where the hell they were. Is a thing, yeah. Right. Well, given the way the power... Oh, oh, oh. So Kirk, Mirror, though the... Our yeah. Kirk. Yeah. Does he know about what happened? That's a good yeah. point. I don't know. Because I was going to say, would the other Kirk, the evil Kirk, know? And I was just going to point out that given the way they, you know, transfer power, I don't know how much they are concerned about keeping the history of the person that they killed to take right. over. I don't know how much right. they want to keep yeah. that. I'm wondering if Prime Universe Kirk was aware of... Right, or is this Discovery all top secret? Uh, is it all classified? Top secret? Because you know, if you watch Mirror Mirror, when they when Prime Universe Kirk and his crew goes over there, they they don't know where the hell they are because they they are on the same sort of like level as the viewer who's seeing it for the first time. We don't know where the fuck they are either. Right. Yeah. So it's not like Kirk's like, oh, I know exactly what this is. We're, right. You know, we learned about this. It's Starfleet about- Academy. Right. So. Look, it, it just makes me. It makes me. I mean, it makes me wonder, like, how much of past events from other shows, our prologue, do characters from later shows know about? Right, like, yeah. Well, it's funny because so, but if you like, so Star Trek has used. Yeah. When the shows have actually come after the other shows, yeah, they do slide them in a lot. They do. As fun th- little, right. you know, things. Talk about the, like, when mm. someone beat the Kobayashi Maru, you know, right. and we're like, oh, we well, you know what that means. But it also makes me wonder, like, in the real world, you know, I'm not 
obviously I was never in the military. I don't really have much many family that were in the military, but like how much does like a naval officer, how much history does he know? How much does he know about something that happened like say 50, 40, or even 10 years ago? I think it all depends on the individual. Right? Yeah. Because I've known some people in the military. I have nephews in the military. And, um, you know, I don't know how interested they are in the, mm. the history of it. Uh, but I've known other people that are really super into it. And so... So it yeah. could have been talked about at a course in Starfleet Academy and Kirk failed it. <laughs> right. It's like, where, where, yeah, where is your focus when you're in the Academy? Right. And Kirk maybe wouldn't know, but, you know, Spock maybe would. I read this really interesting article one day. And actually, one, I, and it's actually going to be giving me good uh, reason to talk about this. So, uh, there was this theory that somebody posted the theory that they think Michael Burnham was in Star Trek for the Voyage Home. <laughs> okay. I like these. These are fun. And it's like, well, okay, who is it and why? So, when the whale probe comes to Earth, there's that Starfleet vessel, the Saratoga. We see that crew encountering it several times throughout the movie. And the somebody had pointed out that they thought that the captain of that ship bared a bit of a resemblance to Sonico Martin Green, at least like would be cool. older. Would be and that captain was never mentioned by name. Okay. Why okay. not? Throw that retcon in there. It's fun. So, look, maybe. But it's fu- it's fun to think about. But the rebuttal that I like, and this plays into what I was saying earlier about how much is Kirk aware of, or other characters aware of, the more you make them connected like that, mm-hmm. the smaller the universe seems. Eh. I mean, it's nice to see the sort of connection there, but like... it the to, And I agree with that, actually. The universe does not seem... As large. Those are like bones being thrown for us, basically. Say, hey, I know. I'm not making a pun. <laughs> no, well, when I heard it, I was like, why would someone throw bones? That's yeah. really mean. Um, but you shouldn't throw the doctor. But I agree with that. I mean, it all depends on how you on how you actually do it. But the more you reference existing Trek lore, I think, yeah, the sm- it's, it's almost like there's no room for them to kind of just do their own thing. The 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 smaller the universe seems. It's almost like, oh yeah, Captain Archer and Pike and... Like when Saru looked at the looked at that listing all the captains, those were all existing characters that we knew about. Yeah. Well, I mean... Right? It's like, couldn't you have... And I get what that the point of that. They just yeah. did it for us. But you could have put a couple of names on there that we didn't know. Yeah. Or you could just say, well, we only make shows about the best captains. So two of course, those, two of those, on the list. Well, two of the captains on that list were Enterprise captains. Pike... Was Pike such a great captain? I don't know. Well, this is the other thing. What do you do? <laughs> I don't, we don't know if he if he was. Um, we've seen no evidence to suggest he was. That if he was, but he was still a captain at that time. So it's like you're already, you're still serving as a captain. You're already considered in Starfleet history as one of the greatest captains of all time. And given what we know about him at that point, right? It's like it's not so great. Is is I'm not a sports fan, but is Tom Brady already considered... He's still active, but is he considered one of the greatest football players of all time? We're gonna, I either need a lot of fans or... Actually, I feel but, like... Yeah, he's kind yeah, of considered okay. like the Bad greatest example. quarterback example. of all time. Right. Unless you hate him. Sports is not my forte. Yeah, no, he, um, yeah, he is. But he's a different case. He's sort of like pretty... Well, he's been in it for a while. Yeah, At yeah, that yeah. point... He has a body of work behind him. At that point, Pike has been a captain... I don't know how long. I mean, the cage has already taken place, but I don't know how long of a captain he was prior to that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I see your point. Yeah. But with that one, I mean, that's just, they noticed the character, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we just 
put that. Yeah, you know. we were more happy that they put that they put Archer in there. See, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. see Archer so bad. Um, what I really want them to do, I want them to canonize. Well, I mean, he's canonized already. But I want to see Robert April. Robert April is the first captain of the Enterprise, Kirk's Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see... We've seen him in the animated series, but I want to see that guy... Yeah? Like, for real. I want to see Scott Bakula in there. I mean, he's a still kind of... Still a fit man. He looks old, so it makes sense. Well, it's established in, in Ameridocli that Captain Archer died the day the Enterprise was christened. Well, yeah, but but we could pause see, it and zoom in. No, we could, but no, we could see him because he was the Federation president at one point, and he did all these kind of great things after Enterprise took place. So we could see like holographic recordings of him or something like that. Yeah, maybe. but it, yeah, I don't know that this show will recognize the canon of something you have to pause and zoom in. Well, that's you suggest that I didn't suggest that. Pause yeah. and zoom in. What do you mean, pause and zoom in? I thought it was something where like it was on a screen and you had to pause and zoom. Oh, in that. To see oh, I thought you were talking about yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's. You know. But it's but it's considered official canon. Okay. Well yeah. anyway, that's just, you know, funsy speculation, but I would like to see. I did find out something more. interesting about Georgia about um Giorgio though. Emperor Giorgio. Emperor Giorgio. So it turns out that when we were introduced to Empress Emperor I keep wanting to call her Empress. Well, because of Sato. Why can't why can't we oh whatever. um They came around on genderizing their leader titles right okay all right i understand i just keep forgetting so your universe is very woke kevin so <laughs> uh when emperor giorgio is introduced she has a really long title mm-hmm. it's uh empress majesty mother of the fatherland overlord of vulcan dominus of chronos R- is it regina andor all hail philippa giorgio augustus Leop- i'm gonna butcher the fuck out of this Iapanos Iapanos Centaurus, right? Yep. Now, Eponius. Eponius. Is that, Epon- I don't know. Eponius. People know what I'm talking about. Eponius. Eponius. Something like that. All right. So this great Trek site that I visit, I'll just give them a free shout out, trekcore.com. They, they're, they're just awesome. They do this little article called Canon Connections, where they basically analyze every episode of Discovery each week and look for like all these basically Canon Connections. And they said that according to episode writer Jordan Nardino, Eoponus is Latin for Japanese. It's indicated that this was meant to be a reference to the previous Terran Empress seen in canon, Hoshi Sato, who was of Japanese descent. Hmm. So there we are getting another Enterprise reference, yes. which is... I would have liked to have I heard say, Sato in there somewhere. I know. <laughs> I was actually kind of hoping that would happen. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, it speaks to what I said a few weeks ago, a few months ago, where with the with recent Trek, this show and even the movies, Enterprise gets seems to get <laughs> a lot of yes. TOS and, TOS gets the most, yes. but Enterprise gets yeah, gets a lot of, gets, gets a, a fair shade of it too. And it's great because it's the one that logically makes the most sense to have connections to because it's the only one that is history for everything. Right, but it's also the one that I feel like people hate the most. Or, or yeah, or at the very least, fewer people are familiar. And I feel like in a, in a time that we're in with you know movies coming out that sort of disregard, they just kind of throw continuity out the window, or act like you know, yeah, 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 these sequels never happened. I was afraid that they would begin decanonizing 
Enterprise. Right. I'm for glad that. it didn't happen. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's the, yes, it's what people feared about the prequels with but Star at the, Wars but at, the, but at the same time, I feel like, and I could be wrong about this, but I feel like Trek is a franchise that, for the most part, thrives on its canon. And if you start throwing shit out, then yeah. be, the fans are going to have a problem. Well, I mean, well... I mean, they'll, they'll find a problem. I was going to say, J.J. Abrams, that was sort of the old thing. Well, that's why they set it in a parallel universe, to, to kind of get around that. Well, yeah. In an alternate reality, to get around all of that. Which, I'm actually, I meant to mention this last week. It's kind of weak. I meant to mention this last week. So, I thought of it after I was heading home. Because, um, uh, so because J.J. Abrams. Abrams' movies take place in an alternate reality. Okay. A different universe. We, you know, we call the universe with Discovery in the original series and Next Gen, that's the prime universe, the one we've seen the most of. Yeah. Right? Which we assume we're in right now. Which we assume in we're in right now. Discovery. But, so, we might not be because of this whole but, thing. The mirror universe that we have seen, is that the same? Does that mirror, mirror universe play with the Abrams timeline? Or do they have so, a mirror universe? Oh, so like, is there only one mirror universe? And right. You can imagine the all the universes like right. next to each other and yeah, they yeah, all yeah. jump into the same mirror universe? Exactly. Hopefully. Like, is that, you know, does that, does the really Abrams timeline, did they, or, yeah, or do they have their own mirror universe or something like that? I'm going to assume that it's all the same. But who who can know? I guess it's whatever they want to do. But yeah, yeah. I'd like to think it was the same one. Yeah. And I would like to think also that at one point, Discovery's going to spin its top and it's going to go into the Abrams universe for a minute and then be like, oh, this isn't right. And then they're going to zip right out. So we'll see. I mean, because there's also a Next Gen episode called Parallels where we see Worf like jumping into all these different realities. And there's like hundreds of them. Hmm. So... It's established, so it's clear to us that there's many, 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 many universes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was wondering, like, yeah, is there just one mirror universe for everybody? I'd like to think so. Unless they get into that sort of, um, like, a DC Comics situation where there's an Earth for every weird story that there is. You know, like, the Injustice video games have an Earth, and then there's the evil Earth where all the villains are heroes and the heroes are villains. And they did that in a Ninja Turtle cartoon. Yeah. Called Turtles Forever. Where they had, because, you know, Turtles have had various cartoons over the years, but like, and even movies and comic books, but they all kind of came together in this one. It was more so for like, to kind of bring the 80s Turtles back and bring them in with the with the then Turtles of the 2000s. Oh, cool. But then, as t- <laughs> but when it ended, because like Shredder had done something, and like you know it's crossing all these different timelines. But when the when the um, when it ended, they were in the universe of the original comic series. So everything was like noir and black oh, and white. I want to see this. Yeah, it's 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 oh, it sounds incredible. It's, it's called Turtles Forever. It's I loved it. I think it's on. You can watch it on YouTube. Wow, I'm gonna but, watch that. But it really kind of makes the '80s Turtles look so ridiculous. Because like you watch it. <laughs> Because I used to oh, watch the, the, the original ones. The original ones, yeah. I mean, oh. they were in reruns by the time I started watching them. Oh, the they cartoon, not the comics. cartoon. The cartoons, okay. yeah. So like, they're being all kinds of ridiculous, and you're just like, and they're making fools out of them, and you're just like, yeah, those are the turtles I remember. Like, you didn't think that they were foolish back then, but like when you saw them like interacting, you're like, yeah, because right. you know, like, well, because like Raph is <laughs> like, because like Raph is like addressing the audience, and everyone's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> so, oh, this is great. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. Um... So, 
No questions really from anybody on Twitter this week. I didn't really receive anything. I know we were kind of late on yes, getting this episode. We apologize. We I heard was, some people were lamenting the fact that we were not there, and which I appreciate. I yes, just was nice not. Uh, I was not feeling well. Kevin wasn't feeling well. I, was, I had a little bit of a sinus situation. Yeah. We didn't have any mirror universe counterparts to uh, take care of this. We wouldn't so. want that anyway. They'd be yeah. very mean. They might call you liars on the podcast. Oh, so we did have a. Well, I do have a goatee. It's true. So and you have a beard. So maybe this is the. Uh, Mary Universe version of us. Yes. So. so, I just want to remind y'all, if you enjoy the show, give us a review. Please give do. Us some stars on whatever your listening platform is, be it uh, the Apple Podcast app or um, Podcatcher or any of those. I don't even know the one, all the ones up front. I know we're on iTunes, we're but on, I don't know where else. You I kind bet of you were on all of them. You did a, lot, you did a, you did a shit ton of it, so... Um, what do I use? I forget what I use. Let me see. No, Podbean. Oh, Podbean is one? Po- I think Podbean is one. Okay. But uh, you can just go to our site, indiscoverywetrust.fireside.com. Yeah, Castbox, that's what I use. Yeah. Also, tweet at us. Disco podcast. Email at us. Indiscoverywetrust at gmail.com. Facebook at us. Yeah, I kind of fell off the map on that one all right well we'll check it out um what's it called anyway for the listeners? in discovery we trust Star Trek discovery podcast yeah just search that on the facebook we have one i haven't gone back give me that yet. login i'll start checking it more too. i haven't uh I'll or just add at, me um, as a person or whatever i did add you as a person oh, okay yeah a leader person an administrator uh i don't know actually it's a good question all right well, check that out. well we worked this out on the air for everyone to hear so Two episodes left. Two episodes left. We do want to hear from everybody on what you think that you what you'd like to see us do after the season ends because we obviously don't want to go totally radio silent. Not at all. We want to keep doing some. So stuff. we've been talking about recording some commentaries for the for various episodes or like relevant episodes or the movies or anything. So if anybody has any ideas, you know, obviously let. Let us know on Twitter, and we will uh, we will consider it. Yeah, because uh, you know this, we find this very fun. We want to keep doing it, but we also want to make sure that we're making things that people want to hear. So any feedback, uh, it's nice to hear, and we can uh, give you what you want. And we will do our best to get the next episode out at the right time. Yeah, hopefully we'll record it on a Tuesday, get it out at night. Hopefully, I won't be sick. Yes, thanks for listening. See you all next week. Uh,